Welcome to Mystical Musings, January 19th, 2014, in the library of the Colorado Heights University with Myron McClellan and me, Lawrence Phillips. Those of us who identify as spiritual but not religious, who are non-sectarian and non-denominational, are the fastest growing demographic of the sacred communities in America today. Thank you for joining us for creating our community of mystics people seeking to obtain unity with God, the breath of life, the gentle whisper, the great spirit, as a community of mystics who know spiritual apprehension of truths beyond the intellect. I am because we are. I am because we are one celebrating body and spirit. Today we muse on beginner's mind and the spiral nature of spiritual growth. January is a time when we let go of the old and welcome the new. A wonderful time to practice what Zen Master Suzuki calls Zen mind, beginner's mind. He recommends a daily practice of releasing our minds to the winds, cleaning the slate, a mental state cultivated called not knowing. This puts us into clarity no matter what comes up, on a good day, that is. And what comes up we recognize as something pleasant or not that we have dealt with before, because all of our issues seem to recur in cyclic fashion as we grow older and thankfully, hopefully, a bit wiser. Our growth happens in a spiral fashion. We don't just leave behind the issues that we've worked on before as they keep coming back for more refined processing. And that processing is efficiently done by addressing the matter with beginner's mind. We have some practical suggestions for help in doing this. Thank you for joining us as we are together on our path anew for 2014. Our whole lives as mystics bring us to this present moment. Something we are inspired, sometimes we're inspired by people, spirit gatherings like this, music, books. Two strong inspirations this month are Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Suzuki Roshi and by Michael Brown, The Presence Process. Beginner's Mind and Presence Process will be inspiring us at different points in our musing today. The body is always fully present, as witnessed by the fact that each beat of our heart takes place only in the present time. Can you sense your heart right now? Is your heart available to your sensing? Maybe made easier by closing your eyes so that other senses can be more dominant than the visual cortex, the sensory cortex perhaps? Just sensing for your heart. Our body is a vehicle for presence and beginner's mind as well lives 
in the here and now. When our thinking mind can be fixated in a past trauma or anxious, anxious about a projected future, our body is a vehicle for presence and beginner's mind. Beginner's mind comprises the fundamental attitude that we bring to our mystic moment, an attitude of innocence, or as Michael Brown calls it, inner sense. Beginner's mind includes a sense of emptiness, free of the expert's knowing, ready to accept, to doubt, to be open to all possibilities. And so we begin our mystical musing by becoming present through our embodied experience, noticing your breathing. Noticing with each slightly deepened breath, your heart beating, pulsing, at the least noticing the area of your heart. Noticing how you imagine your heart right now. Noticing the breathing movement in your chest, just in front of your heart. Noticing your thinking mind. What is it saying? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it well enough? And other commentary. Just notice thoughts as if logs on a river passing by. Returning to the direct experience of this present moment. Breathing, scanning around your body, <clears throat> sensing for heart. Beginner's mind is about cleansing the doors of perception, releasing the chronically held jaw. Can we soften jaw, let go of the holding that is so often there? And even with your eyes closed, what's the quality of the tone of your eyes? So often we're slightly straining to see. Notice if you can soften your eyes, even if the lids are closed. And always in the background, exploring the extraordinary gift of breathing. as breath anchors us in the present moment. Inviting the non-habitual to be present, such as letting go of the jaw and deepening the breathing. Inviting the non-habitual as a guest to the banquet at the mystic table letting go of the habitual ways of perceiving, of receiving nourishment from the great spirit, inviting shift, welcoming our new spiritual era, not only outside ourselves, but inside, practicing new ways to connect with self, with spirit, with others, with earth mother Gaia, playing with the non-habitual to encourage beginner's mind. So for example, Interlocking your fingers. Just let the fingers embrace and interlock the fingers for a moment and just sense that, how that is, probably familiar. One of the index fingers of the other will be on top. And now shift them all one and just notice the non-habitual 
how does that feel? How does that sense to you? Can you be open to the non-habitual? Noticing for those of you who have your legs crossed, shift over to the other leg and just notice. For those of you who are not crossed with your legs, cross them, but try one and then try the other. And just notice how it is. We get so habituated in the way that we use our bodies that we even forget. And lastly, let yourself cross your arms. And now do it in the non-habitual way. (laughs) Yes, very interesting, different experience. (laughs) Not the usual. And then just go back and forth for a moment until the unfamiliar becomes familiar. It doesn't take long if you're bringing awareness to the moment. And so we urge you to invite the non-habitual as part of 2014. From the great awareness master, Rumi. This human being is a guest house every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and attend them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house, empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. Beginner's mind moves toward feeling sensing, and ever so gently moving away from thinking towards emptiness, toward readiness, openness. In beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, and the experts, few. The attitude of beginner's mind is open, easy, non-grasping, curious, eager to learn, less headful, more heartful, and especially grateful for the gift of life, breathing, spiriting, breathing just a little more fully, being aware of this present moment. Welcome. Happy New Year. Thank you for being here. So great to see everyone. Our numbers are diminished by the um, viral kingdom and the bacteria kingdom and the football kingdom, (laughs) all of which we send blessings to. And uh, also thanks that we're well enough to be here to be together. And uh, it's so great to see you because some of you we only see once a month and we miss you during that time. So it just warms my heart to see your smiling faces. Thank you all for being here and welcome to the new people. Um, Also, uh, we love this community and it is a community of love. It is a community of openness. It is a community that steers away from doctrine and discipline and dogma. That steers us as much as possible into this very moment, which is one of the reasons we like to begin with Lawrence bringing us into the present moment, into our bodies, so that we are here. And we never know what's going to happen. I never know what I'm going to play or what I'm going to say. But I feel that we're all co-creating this event because if one of you were not here, it would be a different event. So this spiritual community is a tapestry of many threads 
So we're glad to see so many beautiful threads be with us today. When I play the piano, we do music, it's not a performance, it's a prayer. It's a form of, it's my form of adoration. It's a form of adoration. And so we allow that to take us into sacred silence. And so after the music, there's always a period of very rich silence. So again, welcome home. Glad you're here. Namaste.
one of the great openings about cycles comes through T.S. Eliot in The Four Quartets. We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Have you ever felt like it was deja vu all over again? An endless series of groundhog days? An insight from the presence process. To really change our experience of the world, we need, we liberate ourselves from the virus of living in time, dismantling the pretense that keeps us from presence the pretense that keeps us especially mentally defended against unintegrated feelings of fear, anger, and grief. There is silence and stillness inherent in consciously experiencing cycles. Remembering, remembering. We can't think our way into present moment, moment awareness. We can't think outside the box when thinking itself is the box. These cycles aren't mere repetition. They are reinforcement emerging from an eternal dance of expression. In this world of phenomena, these cycles of reinforcement are the heartbeat of our shared beingness. We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started, knowing the place for the first time, knowing through beginner's mind the great birthright of our spiritual vibrational being, our shared mystic presence a blade of grass, earth speaking to us, the heartbeat of humanity, daily life as spiritual practice. Cycles upon cycles upon cycles. As we cycle around the sun each year, beginning anew with the calendar at New Year's time, but that of course is variable depending upon culture. Jews celebrate the beginning of the New Year in September, the Chinese New Year is uh, the beginning of February. The Groundhog New Year is the beginning of February. But the full cycle of a year is universal. We begin anew with the lunar cycles each month. God rested on the seventh day, and so we begin again each week. We awaken from sleep refreshed from the next, for the next day's journey into night. And for those who have practices of one sort or another, we awaken to each morning's practice of movement, prayer, mantra, music, emotion, spirit. We are veritably suffused with cycles of beginning in time, so much so that it is almost as if we are always beginning. Always Groundhog Day. Stepping into this present moment, we go beyond time, feeling our heart beat. We go beyond time, beyond cycles. Linking our breath continuously. Stepping into this present moment, we go beyond time, beyond cycles, linking our breath continuously, consciously. Breathing just a little more fully, since so much of our habit is to limit the breathing. Staying a little more present at the top of the breath in the inhalation.
staying just a little more present at the bottom of the breath on the exhalation. Staying present, dwelling in presence with beginner's mind, eager and curious, conscious of breathing, providing a platform from which to explore the mystic realm. And so, namaste. I honor the place in you wherein the entire universe dwells. I honor the place in you in which is of love, of truth, of light, of peace. As you are in that place in you and I am in that place in me, we are one. Namaste. This is such a sacred, tender, mercurial time in our history. Lots of ups, lots of downs, good health, sickness, and they happen really quickly. Moments of faith, moments of doubt, moments of elation, moments of despair. And the reason for that is that we are moving into the next spiral. And it may be that this spiral is the one that springs us off into a place of such joy, wonder, and beauty that we can hardly imagine it. You remember when you first sort of got the call, as it were, and you began to pay attention to your spirituality and to your emotions, even in this culture where we were trained not to feel the emotions? And then suddenly there's such joy and awakening and realizing, oh, this is not all there is to it. There is something huge going on, and I am a part of it. Such elation, huge illumination, and that can last for a long time until all those unfelt feelings start coming up, all those realizations about how hurt we were by our parents, siblings, friends, and teachers when we were growing up, and so we start a round of therapy. That, for many of us, goes on for years. And then we feel good. Okay, I'm kind of liberated from all that. Oh, right, the parents were doing the best they knew how to do, and so I can, I can live and I can expand my spirituality I know about meditating now, and I can sit in stillness for a few minutes. We understand the joy of worship, of adoration. We understand the effectiveness of prayer. We find community. We stumble onto a few like-minded people. And I'm looking at these three women here, and they were about the three first I stumbled on when I got here in the early 70s. I met Peg in 71, and you guys just shortly thereafter. And I was like, oh, there are other people here, right? <laughs> it was such a relief because community is so important. And then you begin to feel a little bit down again, and you wonder what's going on. And um, so I was talking to a friend of mine who has a lot of wisdom and a lot of chutzpah. And uh, she said, you know, Myron, I think it's time for you to do some mother work. And what I said to her was a two-word phrase that I almost never use. <laughs> and it just came out of my mouth. <sighs> 
thank God she has a sense of humor and had a sense of humor there. She just laughed. And then I entered another year of working on the mother issues. And so it's gone over the years, these cycles, these spirals. So here's mother, here's another mother, here's another mother, right? And, and they get tighter and tighter and the, the cycles get shorter and shorter, right? Because as we move on, there's some practice effect. We know not to resist our feelings or that we do at our own um, peril. We know that we will come out of it. We have acquired skills in managing ourselves. We found the people to go to who can do our shadow work with us, who can tell us what it is we need to be seeing that we can't see ourselves. And so it goes. Now, it's, it's such an interesting small spiral we're in now. It's the smallest one I've ever known where there are very quick ups and very quick downs. But they're pretty big ups and they can be pretty big downs. I mean, it, you can move from ecstasy to despair in an hour, right? So, so it's, we're really bouncing along here as we move. But the thing that is so great about this time, one of the things that's so great about this time is that when you go back to look at those issues, you go deeper and you have revelations and you think, oh my gosh, that's been running me. Gosh, I hadn't even thought of that. And it's really interesting. I'm, I'm uh, taking part in creating a seminary, um, uh, which is a universalist kind of seminary. And it's the church in which I'm ordained and have been ordained for many years. And a bishop is as sharp as she can be. And so it, it, work started to pile on and I realized I can't keep up with this because I had so much inner work to do. And so I had a beautiful heart-to-heart -heart talk with her. And she said, you know, I think you're getting close to your original wound. Take a sabbatical, we'll pray for you. And it seems many times in the last few months, I've had friends, shadow workers, friends who say, I think this is going on for you and you're not noticing. So I had one of our adopted grown godchildren call me up and said, there are three things I need to say to you beyond the fact that I love you unconditionally and always will. And then he laid out three issues that caused an almost immediate transformation for me. I thought, oh my God, that's why this has been going on. Oh, that makes so much sense. Now I can do something about that. So this time has been a time, you know, we started last September talking about the presence process, which is really about feeling unfelt feelings, bringing them up from our childhood, turning toward them, integrating them, letting them make us stronger, and then letting the feeling itself go off somewhere back into the light, but holding onto the energy. So if we hold onto the energy of anger, let the anger go when it goes. We, it goes when it goes. But you hang on to that energy, then it becomes passion, right? So, so the presence process has been a great help in that way. So one of the things that we do in this cycle is get the opportunity to look at unfelt feelings and the other thing that we get to do in this cycle, which is really, it's related, but it's really fascinating in a kind of a separate 
exercise is to look at limiting beliefs. And when I started, got that information from my guide, start looking at limiting beliefs, I couldn't believe the number of them that I was holding on to, right? I mean, truly limiting beliefs. And I thought, hey, I need to address this because what I want to be is totally open to what is coming, to the grace that is coming. I, want, I don't want anything to stand in the way of that. No unfelt feelings or no limited beliefs and limiting beliefs. So looking at those and saying, I really don't need to limit myself in that way. And I would find if I just would pay attention for an hour, I'd have like a hundred limiting beliefs come up, right? What it means to be 73, right? What it means to be an old guy, you know? I mean, I had so many limiting beliefs about that and about so many other things that really I don't need to hold on to. I am an old guy, so now I just can do whatever I want to do. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to just unlimit myself as much as possible. So as we are wanting to open to the grace that is coming to us and more grace that is promised to us, we know it's coming because it's been coming for a long time and we can tell the difference. We can feel joy we haven't felt before. We know that whatever is coming is going to be wonderful. So I'm looking at myself, I'm talking to Lawrence, I'm really examining what this transition time is about. And so really looking, how do we, how do we help ourselves through this transition? And then I, it, was, it came to me um, in one of the new ways I have of divining which is accidentally going to Amazon.com and accidentally pushing a button and the book I need to read comes right up <laughs> like it did with the presence process. So, so there's, a, there's a very big and really good, good literature that is on what is being called now transition theology, transition metaphysics. And there's some really wonderful books out there. So uh, one that, that I will just mention is called I Am Word by Paul Selig, S-E-L-I-G, which is transitional theology, very well done. And there are a number of others also. So Lawrence and I have been thinking about what do we do to prepare for the grace to increase besides feeling unfelt feelings, looking at limiting beliefs. What other practices can we have? Now, Lawrence has given you uh, some of the things to do with the body. So I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the other parts of us. So where, in what kind of state do we need to be to open to more and more grace. The first thing we think of is beginner's mind. Now, beginner's mind, both Lawrence and I came upon that through Suzuki, but honestly, the Tao Te Ching is all about beginner's mind. <laughs> it's a whole text on beginner's mind. It's like, if you know something, you know, let go because you want to move as much as you can into not knowing, into unknowing. So that can happen in many ways, as Lawrence has described it. I'll say that it can come as a grace so that you might be in a place of no thought for a longer period of time than you ever have. But it can also be a practice where if you notice that your mind is just going haywire and you just stop and say, I do not know anything. And that's the truth. 
And that will be able to put me back in that state of beginner's mind. And it's very helpful. So I do that throughout the day, just as a kind of daily practice. And then I've been doing it at night when I go to bed because I have a problem some of you here have, which is turning off my mind in order to go to sleep. So I've been going to beginner's mind. It's very, very helpful. Uh, beginner's mind in meditation, that's, that's what meditation is about, right? To get back to the still point within us, the silent point, the part of us that observes but does not speak, the silent mind. And that can be absolutely ecstatic. That's where we go after the song of adoration. When we sit in silence together, that is beginner's mind, right? We don't even want to have a thought, right? We don't want to because we're opened up into that brilliant place of <coughs> emptiness, divine emptiness. And in that place, especially in meditation, we also go to the, the knowledge of, recognition of, and experience of oneness. It's only when we're in our thinking mind or in the other parts of our mind that we think that we have the illusion of separateness. It's, it, it's only when our personality is running the show that we have the illusion of separateness. When we go to that quiet place, to the still point, we know that everyone is in that still point. We know that everyone is one. We know that everyone is one with God. So practicing beginner's mind is a good preparation, the best preparation I know for moving on to the reward we're promised as we stay on the path uh, that's coming up sooner than later. Another practice that helps us open up is the practice of forgiveness. And the looking not only at what our limiting beliefs are, but whom or what we haven't forgiven, including God. Is there something or someone in us that is not forgiven? Because the forgiveness shuts us down. You can't receive anyone if you're in a state of resentment. I can hug you all you, I want to, and you'll just stay in that resentment. So actively working on forgiveness. It's a part of the presence process, too, but it needs to keep going on. Another practice that is very helpful at this point is the practice of allowing ourselves to feel loved. If we don't feel loved... There's no way that we can expand and keep moving, right? You just can't do it. And especially when we're asking for a huge download of that, huge waves of that. So we look, especially in practice, to where we are not loving ourselves. So that's another inventory we can do very easily. But the other thing we can do which is really a delightful thing to do is when we're in meditation, consciously to ask to feel who is around and who's loving you or just not even who. Just do I feel loved by all of these beings around me? And practice that. Practice letting yourself feel love from God the Mother, God the Father, and from your own personal deities, and from your friends and your family, practicing feeling loved. So, again, something we can do in preparation. And there's another place where I think 
we can liberate ourselves from the torture of our minds, which is when we begin to think about what, the, what am I going to be like in that time? Well, you know it's going to involve love. You know it's going to involve laughter. You know it's going to involve profound joy. You know it's going to involve wisdom. You know it's going to involve laughter. But beyond that, we don't know. If we knew, we'd be there, right? We don't know. Now, um, a very interesting thing I observe about myself is I have a practice of um, looking at what I think is a perfected part of me. In other words, my Christ self, right? So looking, what if I'm really Christed? What do I look like? Um, what kind of clothes am I wearing? What's the expression of my face? Who's with me? Uh, how in touch am I with the divine? How joyful, exuberant, and elated I am. I do that. And I think that's a good practice. However, what I have noticed myself also doing is going to the place that says, well, what will I be doing? Victoria and I both have had this dream, which is graduating, you know, having your MD, having your advanced degree, and, and not knowing what comes next. This is a powerful dream. You've, you've done all your work. I was there in front of the religion department at Princeton saying, well, what do I do? I, I guess it's going to have something to do with music and metaphysics, but what do I do? So this is where, again, we need to go to beginner's mind. Because as we shift, our world shifts. You see, what we have in our life right now is a product of what we have been working on. This is an outpicturing of who we are. Well, when we change, that picture changes. So who knows what we will be called to do? Who knows what abilities will come forward? What talents will be uncovered? And so when my mind begins to ask those questions, I just go back to the dream and I go back to beginner's mind. I do not know. But it doesn't matter because I'll know then. And I want to be prepared to let go of my attachments, which is the final exercise I've been doing uh, recently to see the things that I would say absolutely can't change. Those are attachments. And there are some things I know that, and some people I know, like my partner, that will go through this with me and my loved ones. But beyond that, there are a lot of things I honestly need to remove my attachment from. Because who knows if I am going to be a teacher? Who knows if I'm going to be a musician? Who knows what I'm going to be? I'm going to be what I've never thought of being. <laughs> so instead of letting myself be tortured by my mind over this, I just say, I just know it is going to be so wonderful that I am going to be ecstatically happy and joyful I will feel one with all of everybody in all the kingdoms, including the viral bacterial and the football. <laughs> and that's all I need to know. <laughs> Namaste. I love you.
our neglect of the oasis of present moment awareness quickly leads us into ever-increasing planetary and societal disintegration. Our neglect of beginner's mind imprisons us in thinking mind as if that were who we are. We spend lifetimes in mental constructs. Buddha said way back when, thinking mind is the single greatest impediment to enlightenment. Plato said that the citizens will mistake reality for the shadows dancing on the cave wall. This idea that thinking isn't all it's cracked up to be has been around for a long time. Emerging now more than ever in our new era is a mystic union as antidote for thinking. Mystic union through shared presence. Myron's mystic piano musings. Shared silence. Sacred conversation embodied prayer. Beginner's mind is fundamentally compassion, boundlessly so. Zen speaks of coming back to our boundless original mind, wherein we are always true to ourselves and in connection with all beings. Zen is mystic mind from our spirit brothers and sisters in Asia now being integrated throughout the world. Mystics allow a spiritual orientation of beginner's mind. From the Matthew Gospel, Except ye become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so I invite you to contemplate that most exquisite image of beginner's mind, a young child. Imagine being with a young child, a child of innocence, of delight. Imagine the twinkling, curious eyes and the silken skin. Imagine a child you know or knew, perhaps even the Christ child. Maybe it is yourself as child. Imagine the laughter and the playfulness, the complete and total presence Imagine your own sense of enchantment with the young child, an enchantment that is the kingdom of heaven here on earth in the resurrected mystic body. Imagine as a way to open to beginner's mind a quality of presence that is fresh and new and curious fostered by letting go of any chronic holdings in the face especially. Letting go in the eyes, softening the jaw, deepening breathing. Breathing a sense of softness especially into our faces as we breathe a little more fully into beginner's mind facing anew our deepening relationship with presence, the unfolding mystic aware moment, and knowing this place for the first time. Namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have just a few brief announcements. The next musing is here in the library at Colorado Heights University on February the 16th, 2014 at 10.30 a.m. Generally speaking, the musings are every third Sunday. If you don't have the email that I send out, 
please let me know and I'll be happy to add you to our list. The email has a number of pictures of our garden and so they're different each time and fun to look at. One of the most exciting things right now is that you can download Myron's music. Hooray, finally, 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 finally. It's been a long time coming, it is here. We have our cards right back here, so it notes the website, onebodyspirit.net, and you simply go to the website and it says download Myron's music, and you just click on that, it's very, very easy. Hooray, number of years in coming. Um, we also are on iTunes podcasts, and so you can go to iTunes, um, search in their library before going to podcasts, and just search for Mystical Musings, and it will come up in the podcast. And feel free to download. It is a free service. Thank you, Sven. Thank you for your help. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, we have on the table PR, the uh, uh, brochures and cards are on the table. Please feel free to take that. Uh, if you uh, would like, we have a donation bowl here as well. We humbly ask for a $20 donation or whatever feels right to you. And if you are making a check, if you would make it out to Myron McClellan. Please join us at the completion of the musing in the Mystical Musings Lounge. We have coffee and tea and cookies, some of which are gluten-free, some of which are laden with sugar and gluten, and you are welcome to enjoy them. And um, would you please stand so that we can join hands? In one of these uh, pieces of transitional literature that I'm talking about, there are a couple of things that I think are really awesome. One is that we're headed for a luxury hotel through a very rocky road. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Hotel Nirvana uh, uh, or Hotel California. <laughs> and another thing that I thought was really great in this literature is that it points out there are communities all over the world, all over the earth, that are creating and calling forth this paradigm shift that we're praying for, and that the energy goes up like a cone, and at the peak, at the peak of the steeple, it broadcasts to all the others. So, as we bow our heads now for a moment and say, thank you, Mother, Father, God, for all the amazing gifts of this time. And know, Mother, Father, God, our hearts are linking with those everywhere who are meeting today and anytime during the week. We are with them. We are connecting with them. We feel our oneness with them. We're grateful for them, and we love them. So letting go our hands and bringing the energy, the sacred energy of the moment, into our own selves so we can take it out into the world and spread the light. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.